This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When they get out of the bye, another date with the New York Giants, the team in which they tied with on Sunday 20-20. to the big question is, will Washington have Chase Young available for them uh, come this Sunday, next Sunday's game, excuse me, against the New York football giants? I'll let you hear from head coach Ron Rivera. I read you the tweet from Albert Breer of the MMQB. Now I'm going to hear from you guys. 1-800-636-1067 is how you reach me on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can tweet at me as well, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Based off of all the information you guys have on the situation with Chase Young, would you be upset if the entirety of the 2022 season goes by and we don't see Chase Young? I'll kick us off here. Look, short answer is no. I think the long-term health of Chase Young, like I've said, is more important than anything Washington's trying to accomplish this year. Because guess what? Until they figure out quarterback, Washington isn't going too far. I can see if this was a situation where you had everything else figured out on the roster, and right now Chase Young was the missing piece that you felt like that was going to get you over the top. I don't believe that Chase Young's return signifies that. I think the missing piece that gets this team over the top is quarterback. I'm not telling you something you don't know, but just put it in perspective when you talk about whether or not it's important or not for Chase Young to play this year. From everything I hear, Chase is a good character individual. I don't think Chase Young's not out there for a lack of effort. I don't think Chase Young's not available to play yet because he's not trying hard in his rehab. As somebody who's torn their ACL as well, I know exactly how this thing goes. There is a mental hurdle that you need to cross and get over before you can return to action. Now, Ron Rivera had a great quote today saying, hey, look, The doctors told us basically where Chase is at in this thing. The only way we're going to know whether or not Chase Young is back, the only way Chase Young is going to get good work on that knee and really test it is if he goes out and plays. Which is why I've always thought this second game against the New York Giants was going to be pivotal for his return. I pretty much knew it was a foregone conclusion, despite what the hell the reports were saying, that he wasn't going to play last week. We all know the issues that the New York Giants have had with that turf. The Commanders lost Tyler Larson on Sunday as a result of that turf in New York. So Washington made the smart move, I feel like, sitting Chase Young down another week. And I also said it last week, with this ACL rehab, if Chase Young would have debuted last week, right, you have the bye week and then you play the Giants again. Because you have the bye week, though, you would give Chase extra time to prepare and rest. I know the casual fan out there probably thinks, well, Linnell, isn't that a good thing? 
that you're giving Chase Young more time to get ready? No, because guess what? You're going to trick the body clock of Chase Young into thinking that every time he goes out and plays football, he's going to have nine, 10 days to get prepared to play the next game. That's not the way it's going to be moving forward. So it's smart that they waited and let the bye week go. I do expect him to play against the Giants. And then, and then you're more on an accurate timetable as for recovery. It's something that's more realistic. Because like I said, you play him, if you would have played him last week against the Giants, then you have this bye. You're mind tricking him is what I like to call it. You're, you're, you're tricking his body to basically think that he's going to have 10, 11 days to prepare himself for action again. And that simply just isn't the case. So for that reason, I'm glad uh, they decided to not make that choice. Ron and the staff, like I said, though, deserve credit. I was upset. And you all are. You all were this offseason with the lack of moves that they made at edge rusher, knowing that Chase Young wouldn't be ready for week one. But I'll say this, man. Kudos to the front office. Kudos to the pro scouts. FAO Bada. How many people clowned the signing of FAO Bada? You know how many people were up in arms about Washington signing another Commander? FAO Bada's done nothing but come in here and produce. Guy that's provided you with good pass rushing juice off the edge and from the interior. He has that position flex that Ron Rivera constantly likes to talk about. I've been impressed by the play of FA, Casey Tuhill, and James Smith Williams. They've all balled out in his absence, and they're a huge reason why I'm comfortable with Chase Young continuing to sit. The only thing about this situation that I don't like is the fact that this team didn't get out in front of the situation and temper our expectations for Chase Young playing from the get-go. It's been mixed messaging all year long when it comes to Chase Young and when he was potentially going to be available. And I know I'm nitpicking right now, but if I can give any type of critique to Washington moving forward and how to handle stuff like this is don't put the pressure on Chase Young because that's all they did. Allow divulging the information that they divulged to the media. All it does is put more pressure on Chase Young to come back and, and be available more quickly. And look, I don't need that for my 10 year investment. I need him to be ready to go when he's ready to go. I don't care with the coaches say, hell, I don't even really care what the doctors say because I know how it is. I've been through ACL recovery and rehab. When I got cleared by my physician, by my surgeon, I was cleared to go play and go full throttle. Guess what? Mentally, I wasn't ready yet. Mentally, this wasn't a situation where I thought, hey, look, I got the check mark. I got the sign of approval. Let's go get it. There's another mental hurdle that Chase Young is going to have to clear. And I hope for his sake, that it comes sooner rather than later because I know how bad Chase Young is chomping at the bit to get out there and help this football team right now. I want to take the temperature of the fan base right now, though. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Based off of what you know, would you be upset if Chase Young doesn't play at all in the 2022 season? Let's go to Bobby once to tap in. What's going on, Bobby? Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, so, yeah, everything that you said that Ron Rivera said regarding his, well, actually, the audio clip that you played of Ron, Ron Rivera talking about Chase Young's knee and his recovery and the timeline and everything, I mean, he's spot on, um, and you are too. Uh, there's a mental hurdle that athletes have to go through 
But at the same time, his doctors are also correct. You got to get him out there so that he starts to feel a bit more confident in himself. Um, it's it's all right now just kind of like a mental thing. Physically, he's able to do it. Mentally, uh, you know, maybe he's not. And in regards to him doing his rehab in Colorado, um, you know, you you know just as well as anybody else who follows sports, um, athletes are going to rehab wherever they feel most right. comfortable. Whoever whomever they trust the most, wherever they feel most comfortable, wherever they feel like their mindset is going to get them uh, through whatever it is that they need to, whether it's away from the team or whether it's out in the mountains, whatever, they're going to do it. It's going to get them, uh, you know, better, quicker. Hey, Bobby, I appreciate the call, my man. Let's go to Keith at Alexandria. What's happening? What's going on, Keith? Hey, what's going on? Appreciate you for taking my call. I got you, man. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you said, except for the one thing that you were saying, that, that one missing piece that you was needed is a quarterback. And I and I just don't I don't agree with it. And the only reason I don't agree with it is because I'm a 49er fan. And uh, okay. The situ- and the situation that y'all in right now reminds me of when Jim Harbaugh took over a defense that was that was you know a playoff ready, just like y'all defense seemed like y'all are, and all the offense needed was a confidence boost. And the next thing you know, we we in the Super Bowl playing against the uh, Baltimore Ravens, and. Um, that's just that's just where I see y'all at right now. I think that the defense is ready. I think that Ron Rivera um, has brought a nice personnel in there, but I don't think that he has, you know, the swag to give this team the confidence to get them over the next hump. I feel that, Keith. Let me ask you this, though. I know you're a 49ers fan, and you had to go and watch uh, Bosa deal with his ACL rehab and surgery. Would you be concerned uh, if Chase Young doesn't play at all this year? Not at all, because like, because like you said, I mean, they're balling without him. I mean, like, yeah. really, I believe that y'all defense can 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 boost y'all into the playoffs, and they are stout enough to compete in the playoffs. Can your offense, you know, um, complement the defense? That's the only thing, and I don't think that it is. Hey. But no, he, I, 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 I don't want to see him. <laughs> hey, Keith, I appreciate the call, my man. Look, I, I understand. You know, where, where you guys are coming from with this, I, I just feel like we're at a point right now where Chase Young, like I said, isn't the deciding factor as to whether or not this team is going to reach their goals in the postseason or not. If you already had a quarterback in here, then maybe I think adding Chase Young to this defense will become more pressing of a need. But right now, the way this roster is currently constructed and the fact that doesn't look like you're going to make too much noise in the playoffs anyway. Let Chase Young rest. Uh, the question is, though, on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, would you be upset if Chase Young doesn't play at all in 2022? Frank is in Culpepper. What's happening? What's going on, Frank? Frank. Going once. Going twice. Frank is sold. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. David Harrison, co-host of the Locked On Commanders podcast, is set to join us. I'll ask him the same question I just asked you guys. Would you be upset if Chase Young doesn't play at all in 2022? We'll hear from David Harrison next. Conversation right now, though, surrounding the Washington Commanders. We'll have some help discussing the team right now. Joining us on the BetQL 
guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today is the co-host of the Locked On Commanders podcast and the host of the Locked On Bucks podcast, David Harrison. You can follow him on Twitter at DHarrison82. Long night, my guy. How you doing? What's going on, man? You got you got perfect timing. I, I literally just pulled into my, my really? driveway from getting back from Tampa. Really? Wow. You yeah. drove all the way out there. Yeah. No, so okay. I drove to MetLife okay. for, for the Commanders game, and then the next morning I flew to Tampa for Monday night, <laughs> and then this morning I flew back to LaGuardia, picked up my car, and what should have been a four-and-a-half-hour drive turned into a six-and-a-half-hour drive thanks to the weather. Holy cow. What does it got, rain down there? Oh, it was bad. It was bad rain. So one of the hardest yeah. working men in the business. Well, let's let's talk <laughs> about one of the other teams you cover, the Washington Commanders. Uh, yes. Twenty twenty tie on Sunday. If you can, in a yeah. nutshell, from your standpoint, what went right and what went wrong for the group? Uh, well, I'll start with what went wrong, um, and that is just missed opportunities. I mean, Coach Rivera said it. Taylor Heineke said it. All the guys in the locker room said it. It's just missed opportunities. You know you. You start with the the missed you know touchdown pass that should have been to Logan Thomas. You got the fumble deep in your own end, and then there's some you know there's some turnovers uh, that potentially could have been could have been had. I mean you know they could have been tough. They would have been tough plays to make anyway. So it's not necessarily casting blame or, or shade on anybody, but just missed opportunities. You know I think that what what went right though. You know again you look at this the New York Giants team, and and you know they're they're not a lot of things, but they are still a winning team in the NFL, and I think that. When you look across the league, you know, I mean, I, I just got done covering a team that has, you know, on paper, arguably one of the most talented rosters in the National Football League, yep. and they just eked out a win to come back to 500. So it's not about the names on the paper. It's about how the players are performing. And, you know, bottom line is this Washington Commanders roster obviously has been winning a lot lately, could have beaten another team that has also been winning a lot this season. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a lot of positives to draw just from, the fact that once again this team has proven that it is competitive against the winning teams in the National Football League. David, you mentioned missed opportunities for this group. Yeah. Is it as simple as just better execution? Uh, but but do you expect the missed opportunities to eventually come back and, and bite this team? I mean, they they absolutely could. I don't know if I would say I expect them to actually you know support to come to fruition, but it's just it's kind of the thing that kind of lingers over. Uh, you know, this team and, and you look at the fan base and I've, I've, I've talked to some, some commanders fans that I happen to know uh, on, a, on a fairly regular basis. And they all kind of to, to the, to the person kind of say that they're all waiting for the clock to strike midnight or for, you know, Taylor Heineke to turn into a pumpkin and, and all these things. And that and this kind of the, the general vibe I think that is around this team right now from the outside looking in is, is it real or, you know, and, and it's kind of weird because they've done it for, the equivalent of about half a season. And so yeah. you would think people would be willing to buy in. But I mean, I, you know, it's hard to blame uh, anybody who isn't. I think if and when this team can clinch a playoff spot, and I think it's it's really cool just at this point in, in, the, in the season to be talking about them clinching a playoff spot. Right. I think that's something that should be acknowledged. But I think if and when the day comes that this team legitimately clinches a playoff spot, I think at that point this fan base will truly let themselves get excited. David, tell me if you agree with this or not. I felt like Sunday, clearly it was Taylor Heineke's uh, most impressive statistical output, and we also saw him make some big-time throws. I saw this number, though, getting ready for the show tonight, David. This was amazing to me. In the last eight games, Washington offensively ranks 10th in the number of red zone plays run, 
showing that they're doing a good job moving the ball inside the 20s. How do you think right. – put your OC cap on for, for real quick and tell me how you think they can overcome their red zone woes right now. You know, honestly, if I'm Scott Turner, I keep it the same. And I know the fans want to see something different and they want to see a different out, you know, uh, uh, output. But I think the key is with this offense right now, the opportunities are there. And if you're Scott Turner and you tinker too much with what you're doing to get to the red zone and then once you're in the red zone, you also run the risk of going the opposite direction, right? So I caught some flack because after the game, uh, I did say that I thought Taylor Heineke struggled uh, against the New York Giants. And because statistically, you're, you're 100% correct, it's, one of, right. it's his best game this year and one of his best games of his, of his career as a starter uh, statistically. But when you look at the actual execution and the film of it, and Taylor acknowledged uh, some of this himself, and I'm sure that you know he and the coaches talked about this uh, as well before they took the break for the bye, you know, he, he's got there, – there's a potential there for him to have a four-turnover game against yeah. the New York Giants. And if he has a four-turnover game, and I don't mean like, you know, could have been. I mean, there, there's uh, – I can't remember the, the young Giants DB's name anymore, but there, there's a pass that he made. Was it? Yeah, like late in the game. Like that should be – and interception, he's going to be kicking himself for not bringing that thing in. So, I mean, this could be a four-interception – or not four-interception, but four-turnover game for Taylor Heineke. And you're, you're happy, obviously, that it didn't happen, but those are the kinds of things that kind of need to get cleaned up. So, if you're Scott Turner and you start tinkering, tinkering too much, you have to kind of wonder, are you opening the door for more of those moments? But in, in the meantime, right now, like, look, if, if Taylor can find a way to kind of bring some of those balls down – uh, that he's missing guys, you know, he missed uh, Terry earlier in the season, then he missed Logan last uh, this last week. Like, if he can figure out a way to bring some of those things down, then there's where your red zone scoring is going to improve. So continue doing what you're doing and just rely on Taylor, who is known for his work ethic, known for owning up to his mistakes and his flaws and wanting to fix them, and just continue to give him the opportunity to do so. On the flip side, David, when you look at the defensive side of the football, Washington – once again, you know, made some pretty considerable adjustments uh, at halftime, and, and you saw them slow the New York Giants offense down. Despite the adjustments at halftime, though, Daniel Jones, the leading rusher for the G-Men, 12 carries for 71 yards. Saquon Barkley got going as well. As a team, they averaged 4.5 yards a pop. In two weeks yeah. in a row now, it feels like Washington has struggled to stop the run in meaningful situations, and it's a lot. Ron Rivera alluded to this. It's allowed the quarterback to become an option and a threat later on in games because they aren't shutting it down from the get-go. In the second yeah. matchup against New York, what adjustments do you expect them to make in order to shut Daniel Jones down uh, from quarter number one? Well, you know, I think that against the Atlanta Falcons and the New York Giants, what we saw is really the first two examples of this team missing Cole Holcomb. And, and you know, yeah. Prior to that, there there were some conversations in the media workroom of, you know, is the team really missing Cole Holcomb? And, and it wasn't so much a, like, does Cole Holcomb matter conversation because he obviously matters. It was more of a look how good this defense has been with really DBs stepping into the place of a linebacker role. Um, and, you know, Ron has been asked about that, you know, being a, an 80s linebacker himself, if he ever envisioned a day where he would replace a linebacker with a, with a DB. Um, you know, it's just kind of the evolution of the game that we see today. But I think the Falcons really kind of showed where there could be a vulnerability in that system, and then the Giants basically took advantage of it because uh, coming into that Giants game, I mean, the, the Patricia Trainer, the host of Locked On Giants, that did our crossover episode with me the week prior, uh, she mentioned that that one of the things that's concerned her is the fact that Daniel Jones really hasn't been a threat on the ground 
uh, in some of their most recent games. And then you see, I mean, from from the first drive of the game, yeah. really, <laughs> the New York Giants were looking to get Daniel Jones going as a runner. And I think Marcus Mariota and the Falcons showed that. Now, the good news is now the, the commander's defense has had two weeks of seeing it. And when we saw with the Falcons, they really didn't get uh, good at defending it until right at the end. And I mean, hey, you know, better late than never to right. help them get a win. Um, and then against the Giants, like you said, the second half really they came out. So, look, I mean, it's not what everybody wants, but it's improvement, right? You go from really the last driver to really the last read option that Marcus Mariota ran is when yeah. the commanders <laughs> really got good at defending it. And then for the Giants, you really have about a half of where where they were effective against it. So, hopefully now, uh, again, you got a little bit of rest, a little bit of hindsight. The coaches have a little bit more time to dive into some teach tape. And when they come back from the bye, uh, you know, hopefully you see it even even better defended. But, again, the Giants got a coaching staff over there too, yeah. and they know the commanders have no other games between them. You know, So they know that they can't come out with the same game plan they had in MetLife or else they're going to get destroyed. So there's going to be a new wrinkle somewhere. I'm not sure where it is. Um, I'm looking forward to asking Patricia you know, on our next crossover where that new wrinkle is going to come from. Uh, but there's going to be something new that we see from the Giants next week. David, I'll put you on the spot here before I let you go. Washington obviously has the bye week, as we know. Then they play the Giants again in prime time, my friend, uh, on Sunday Night Football. Do you think they get it done in round two? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I mean, again, they should have. For for all the mistakes they made, let's let's be honest. If you make, I mean, just off the top of my head, I can can remember six mistakes that they made either on offense, defense, you know, combined. When you make that many mistakes, Ron Vera talked about this before too. When you made that many mistakes in execution, you should lose, you know, those games. And this team should have won uh, that game. And then, honestly, if you take away some of those mistakes, not only does this defense keep an opponent to twenty or fewer points again this season, which you know, I can't even do the math off the top of my head <laughs> of how many times that's been this year, but not only that, but they also score more. Right? Remember, Joey Sly missed a field goal, so right. That, that that field goal made or the touchdown connection to Logan Thomas and this team is scoring over twenty, potentially over twenty-five points in a game. So that's why I kind of go back to the Scott Turner, you know, I don't know that you need to tinker with the offensive approach as much as you just need to continue to teach. And these players need to continue to have the, uh, the spirit that they have had, which is continue to get more comfortable, continue to get better and, and rely on uh, what they're doing to win. So, you know, I don't think any drastic changes are needed. And uh, if they come back with the energy that I expect them to, then yeah, they should absolutely get a win in front of a primetime crowd of FedEx that hopefully is going to be jam-packed and and ready to roll. (laughs) David, a little extra nugget before I let you go. It'll be easier to fill the stadium. I don't know if you saw the article about an hour ago. At season start, they dropped the – they took out even more seats. So the max capacity right now (laughs) at FedEx is only 62,000. So I expect all 62,000 seats to be filled uh, in Sunday's game against the Giants. I appreciate you giving me some time, my man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. That is David Harrison, co-host of the Locked On Commanders podcast and the host of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Does great work for the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at DHarrison82. We got to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll switch gears here a little bit. There's another team in the National Football League who's having a little bit of a quarterback controversy them damn selves. We'll take a trip up north to visit the New York Jets next. This is the fam. We'll switch gears here a little bit. We've been talking all things Washington Commanders uh, for about the last 30, 45 minutes or so. I'm going to take a trip up north to the Big Apple. And I'm not talking about the New York Giants. I'm talking about the New York Jets. And the Jets are a 
An interesting case study because when you look at the Jets, a team right now that's right in the thick of the AFC playoff picture, they sit at 7-5. and five. They got a big game coming up Sunday on the road uh, against the Buffalo Bills, a team in which they beat already earlier this season. When you look at the Jets, though, man, it's it's hard to try to figure them out. They gave the Minnesota Vikings all they could handle last week on the road. And the quarterback situation has been the topic of conversation for that team. The guy who's starting right now for the Jets is not the guy who started off the season uh, for the Jets. Zach Wilson benched uh, because of some immature comments that he made post game uh, after a loss a couple of weeks back uh, to the New England Patriots. And since then, Mike White has been inserted. Sunday was Mike White's second straight start. And although he got off to a rocky start throwing two interceptions, he gave this group a chance to win at the end. And the stat line, not bad. 31 of 57, 369 yards. Like I mentioned, he threw the two interceptions, but he had a chance to win this football game at the end of regulation for the squad, but ultimately ends up coming up a little bit short. Moving forward, though, from my vantage point, I thought it was a simple decision, just like the one here in Washington. We know that Taylor Heineke has given the commanders a spark. And in a nutshell, you can say the same thing about Mike White and his impact that he's had on this New York Jets football team. But that didn't stop head coach Robert Sala from getting spicy with the local New York media earlier today. He had this to say about the Jets quarterback situation. Uh, Robert, just kind of to confirm, just again, kind of, you know, dotting I's and and crossing T's. Uh, Will Zach be inactive again this week or is he done enough to be the the backup quarterback? Have you seen enough for him to be the backup? Uh, We're going to go. It's going to be status quo. So he'll still be uh, the plan is for him to still be inactive unless something changes. Is your intent still to have Zach play this season? That's still, I'm, I'm still right there with that same intent. Michael, go ahead. My follow-up question would be why, because it looks like Mike White's capable as a quarterback to. Oh, he's no, Mike, Mike, Mike is capable. And and you guys are in, you guys are in a playoff push, right? There's only five games left. So it's not like we're in September here and you're saying, Hey, he's going to play. So I guess just why, why is that the intent still to, to get Zach back on the field? So for Mike, then I'm going to stay status quo on all of it. This is Mike's opportunity to, to make noise. And um, you never, you never ask how your opportunity comes. You just take advantage of your opportunity and you do the best you can. That's Jets head coach, Robert Sala talking about the quarterback situation with the New York Jets and holy hell, is that a lot to unpack? Are you kidding me? I can't believe. And Robert Sala's a smart guy. He really is. Former defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. He rose his way up through that program because he's a stand-up, honorable individual. But after hearing those comments that he just made, I don't know what the hell Robert Salah is talking about. As far as I'm concerned, Zach Wilson is done with the New York Jets. But based off of the comments we just heard, for some reason, it feels like Robert Salah is trying to leave a crack open in the door for Zach Wilson to play again this year. I don't know why. It's pretty damn clear. Mike White is clearly better than him right now. Numbers don't lie. Mike White, in his first start of the year, two weeks ago against Chicago, 31 to 10 winners. He was 22 of 28, 315 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I can't argue with numbers like that. He faced stiffer competition last week against the Vikings. 
He threw two interceptions, but he kept you in that football game with his right arm. 31-57, to 57, 369 yards passing, and a long touchdown to, and a long pass to 60 yards. He's pushing the ball down the field for you. The guys respect him in the locker room, and he's making big-time plays. I just read you off the numbers for Mike White. Let's look at that in comparison to the numbers of Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's had one 300-yard day this year for the New York Jets. He threw the ball for 355 yards against the Patriots, yet they were only able to muster 17 points. Other than that, Zach Wilson has been putrid this year. Against Denver, 16-26, to 121 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, sacked three times. Against the Packers, 10 of 18, 110 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. He is not moving the Jets' offense the way they should be. It is a night and day difference from when Zach Wilson is under center and when Mike White is under center. And for for Robert Sala to get up there in front of the damn podium the way he did earlier today and say that, I mean, it's it's one of those situations. This is what I get pissed off with Ron Rivera about. You're now creating content for the media. You're now creating drama and distractions for your football team. Because like I said, based on the numbers and based off of my eye test, Mike White is clearly, at this point in time, the better quarterback between him and Zach Wilson. And with a football team that's 7-5, and five, right in the thick of the AFC playoff picture, you need the best guy out there. Point blank, period. What's interesting, though, is that Instead of just making Zach Wilson the backup, they've demoted him all the way to third string, and he's been inactive on game day for the past two weeks. Now, Robert Salah clearly said this week against Buffalo, that's also going to be the plan. But then he also said he still has the intent on playing him again before season's end. I know Zach Wilson is only a second-year guy, but his actions a couple of weeks ago at the, at, at the presser, Told me all I need to know about him. The NFL is a special, special league. Being an NFL quarterback is a special, special job. One of 32. And from my vantage point, man, he took it for granted. And based off of that, he is going to have to wait for his opportunity to come back around. I don't give a damn that he's a former number two overall pick. I don't give a damn about the future with Zach Wilson. I'm worried about the now. Robert Salah has been the head coach of this football team. This is now going on his third season. They need results. Point blank, period. They need results. And right now, with Zach Wilson under center for this football team, they weren't getting the results that they needed. And he showed you in his post-game presser after the Pats game that he doesn't give a damn about the rest of the roster. Zach Wilson is about Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson only. And it's for that reason that I say the hell with Zach Wilson. This football team right now doesn't have the time to wait on Zach Wilson to become a more mature individual and young man. This roster is ready-made, ready to go right now. So it makes sense why Robert Sala made the move. But I don't agree with Sala saying his intent is to get Zach Wilson back on the field. No one cares about Zach Wilson at this point in time. It's about the New York football Jets 
and them trying to punch their ticket to the playoffs and ending their playoff drought that they've got. This team from top to bottom, 1 through 53, is one of the most talented rosters in all the entire National Football League. This locker room has rallied around Mike White, point blank. So much so that on Friday, guys on the team were spotted with T-shirts with Mike White's name and face on it. The way Taylor Heineke has galvanized his locker room here in D.C., Mike White's had the same impact with the New York Jets. This offense has life again. Look, if you're Robert Sala, there is no way in hell you can go back to Zach Wilson. Like I said, I don't care that he's a former number two overall pick. He simply did not produce. He didn't show signs of getting better. And he showed you what type of character guy he is. But for me, man, here's my number one reason why Salah can't go back to him. Here's rookie wide receiver Garrett Wilson talking about the effect Mike White has had on this football team. Everybody talks about how calm Mike is in the face of like high pressure situations. Did, did you see that from him in oh, yeah. this close game oh, at yeah. the end there? Yeah. Um, I mean, that boy's a dog, man. And uh, that boy a dog, for real. Um, he was out there controlling, controlling the huddle and, and keeping it. Um, never letting the moment get too big, man. It's, it's, it was cool to see, you know, looking back on it now. It's cool to, cool to think about. So, um, you know, I know that I go to work for that boy. He, he got something special about him. That's Jets wide receiver, rookie wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, talking about Mike White and the difference that he brings to this New York Jets offense. And it's interesting to hear these comments from Garrett because Garrett has been an outspoken individual all year long when it comes to the quarterback position. He was one of the first people to step up and say, hey, look, offensively, we've got to be better. And our quarterback's got to be better. So for Garrett Wilson to come out here, really the face of this offense, and to give that type of ringing endorsement to Mike White tells me all I need to know if I'm Robert Sala. This locker room is feeding off of the energy of this young quarterback, and I got to stick with him. We got to take a quick timeout. When we come back, you know how we do it? Every Tuesday here on Overtime. It's Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six teams across the National Football League. That's next. This is the fan. Right now, though, I want to put a bow on the NFL talk here for a second. And the way I do it every Tuesday night, this is not based off of the standings. These are just my power rankings. Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six teams in the National Football League. Let's go. Let's get to it. The Philadelphia Eagles, once again, in the top spot. And I don't think it's much of a discussion or conversation at this point. Super impressive win over the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. And from my vantage point, the most impressive win of the weekend by any team in the National Football League. Jalen Hurts put the team on his back, showing why he right now is the clear-cut MVP frontrunner, 29-39, 380 yards and three touchdown tosses. Philly clearly right now the most complete team in the National Football League. Defensively, the commanders thought they had exposed the Eagles and their weakness on defense. They signed Adamican Sue. Jordan Davis makes his return to the lineup this week. And it was perfect timing because they had to go up against the NFL's leading rusher in Derrick Henry, and they stood tall, holding King Henry to 30 yards on 11 carries in the game. Philadelphia claiming the top spot right now in Nell's Super Six Pack. The number two team in Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six teams across the NFL, Cartier, Joe Beans, Burrow, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Burrow with a signature performance Sunday uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Big-time throw after big-time throw. 
The thing I love the most, Burrow, not known for his mobility, used his legs in a way I hadn't seen him do it in his entire career. 11 carries for 46 yards. Speaking of running, Samaje P. Ryan, tough, physical running in place of Joe Mixon, uh, who was out with a concussion. P. Ryan getting it done. 21 carries, 106 yards. The most impressive thing for me in the win from Cincinnati, though, was the effort defensively against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Holding Patty Mahomes to just 223 passing yards is a feat that not a lot of teams can say they've accomplished this year. So what Cincinnati's doing right now is special. They were even able to force a turnover. Right now, if I had to pick one team to come out of the AFC right now, it'd be the Cincinnati Bengals. My third best team, and no super six-pack, my top six teams across the National Football League is Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a tough loss for that group Sunday on the road, in hostile territory against a really good Cincinnati team. When it comes to playoff time in January, though, I still think this group is going to be dangerous because guess what? Who wants to see Patrick Mahomes in a damn playoff game? My number three team, and that was Super Six Pack, my top six teams across the National Football League, coming into the three spot, or the four spot, excuse me, is the Dallas Cowboys. An impressive win on Sunday Night Football, 21-19, uh, they were leading the Indianapolis Colts heading into the fourth. The final score, 54-19. to It's the most points scored by any NFL team this year. The defense in Dallas is an absolute buzzsaw right now. They forced the Colts into five turnovers. And the thing I love is they haven't gotten too cute or too bougie since Dak Prescott's return to the lineup. They have continued to lean on this running game. And offensively, that's their bread and butter right now. Tony Pollard, 12 carries, 91 yards, two tuds. Zeke Elliott, 17 carries, 77 yards, and a touchdown. So the Dallas Cowboys have it figured out offensively right now. Since Dak Prescott's return to the lineup, they lead the NFL uh, in points per game. The fifth best team, and now Super Six Pack, my top six teams across the National Football League, and I'll be honest, I don't have much to say on this. The Buffalo Bills, they're so meh right now. We were all drinking the Kool-Aid early on in the season about whether or not they were the clear-cut best team. They had a decent win on Thursday Night Football over the Pats, but I'm not buying Josh Allen and the Bills right now. They're turning the ball over too much for me, and that's an issue uh, when it comes to playing winning football in the months of January and February. I still worry about the health of Von Miller moving forward, and I basically, on this list that I have, I trust every other quarterback on this list more than Josh Allen outside of Dak Prescott. So the Bills, the fifth-best team in Nell's Super Six Pack, the sixth and final team, And Nell's Super Six Pack, my top six teams across the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers. They finally cracked my list, and here's why. An impressive championship-level defensive effort Sunday against Tua Tungavailoa and the Miami Dolphins. Kyle Shanahan going to have to coach his ass off for the remaining five games of the year, though. I really don't know how he's going to get this group into the postseason with Mr. Irrelevant under center for that group. But getting the scoop from 49ers Twitter, man, apparently in camp, Brock Purdy looked far and away better than Trey Lance for whatever that was. That's no super six pack. My top six teams in the National Football League, Eagles, Bengals, Chiefs, Cowboys, Bills, and 49ers. We got to take a quick timeout. When we come back, Bradley Beal, Wizards superstar Max Guard, was on the No Chill Gill podcast explaining why he chose to stay in D.C. instead of testing free agency this summer. Let you hear that next. This is the fam. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 